Oh, we're giddy. Oh, great. No, we're recording. Sorry. Oh, we're giggle <laughs> Comedian Grace Mulvey. And pop culture obsessive Neve King. Ask the question, what makes a great adaptation? We take a beloved book that has been made into a movie or TV show and do a deep dive into what the production got right or very wrong. From banger soundtracks to dodgy casting, we get into what it takes to make the jump from page to screen. Welcome to The Jump. Welcome to this very special bonus Halloween episode of The Jump. This week we are getting spooky as we talk about one of the oldest demons haunting every corner of our planet. Toxic boyfriends. That's right, we're getting into Twilight and asking what's scarier than being a teenage girl in love? Grace? Having to read this book. (laughs) Being a teenage girl in love. Um... Yeah. Oh, Twilight, 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 Twilight. I'm excited. This episode I don't think is going to be what you think it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, we should probably establish where we're coming from straight away, which is... Well, that's what I want to say. I was like, Grace, you're a little bit older than me. Excuse me. <laughs> if I had been lucky enough to have been bitten by a vampire, I wouldn't have aged. But some of us didn't get through high school without that happening. <laughs> what is your history with Twilight? So, okay, I'm going to put it out there. I'm a Harry Potter girly. I'm a Lord of the Rings girly, you know? I never, I just, I I don't know if, maybe, because I am like a few years older than you. I am a few years older than you. Um, <laughs> I do wonder if I was just a touch too old for it. But then yeah. at the same time, there was like apparently tons of women older than yeah. me who, were, who were, went wild for, for Twilight. So... I don't know. I, I, I missed the mark anyway. I definitely wasn't, was never into the books. Never even heard of them until the films came out. Yeah. So I wasn't aware of it at all. So I do think I'm coming into it as a 30 something woman. <laughs> 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 Might have been some odd editing there that edited out my age. But, like, but, but I'm coming into it like trying to put myself into the mentality of 16 year old yes. Grace because I'm sure she would have loved this but I think I was too old for it. I just yes. missed the boat of it. Yeah. So I... I think that I was cusp. Yeah. You know, I was just about to graduate or into being too old for it. I yeah. think I just got the tail end. So I also hadn't heard about it. I think it was the books were a very American phenomenon. I don't think that they became that big here until the movie came out. Right. So the movie was coming out. A friend of mine had read all the books and kind of got the rest of us into them. So the first book and movie super into it. And then once the second movie came out, I was over it. So I was very And cusp. what age would you have been now? She's like, 29. <laughs> I was, I'd say 15. Oh, that's perfect age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. So, revisiting. So, I have friends who watch the movies every year, really still love it, in, in a nostalgic way. Yeah. I have never really been able to revisit Twilight since I had my Twilight phase. So, I thought that it was... was going to be very hard for me. Yeah. And it was. It was really, you know, so, and I, I, you know, was thinking a lot about the run up to this episode because, you know, obviously Twilight, it's just so easy to make fun of Twilight. Who, who, who and we're really going to try. And we're going to do <laughs> yeah, our best. Yeah. But yeah, it was just the whole time that we were preparing, I was like, yeah, this is not going to be, I don't think the episode people think it's going to be because I have a lot of feelings 
to get into with this book. But listen, if you haven't ever had a Twilight phase, if you've never seen the book and never seen the movie, I'll tell you a little bit about oh, what this book this. is I about. Love when, I love watching us try and struggle to put a plot into like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, Twilight the Book was written by Stephanie Meyer. It came out in 2005. As Grace has been fond of saying over the past few weeks, it's 500 pages. It's 500 pages. <laughs> and uh, you gave me, my, my tone needs to be said here. 500 pages, like, I'm pretty sure War and Peace is shorter than this, okay? <laughs> it is, it's a long book. It is like uh, much longer than I expected. Um, Twilight follows the story of Bella Swan, a 16-year-old girl who moves to the rainy town of Forks, Washington uh, from Arizona when her mother decides to go travelling around America with her new baseball star husband. Bella moves in with her dad, Charlie, who is the chief... (laughs) The chief? (laughs) The police chief uh, of the tiny town and starts high school in Forks, Washington. On her first day, she encounters the Cullen family, uh, a family of five adopted teenagers who are mysteriously beautiful and distant from the rest of the school class, um, especially Edward. When she ends up sitting next to Edward Cullen in a biology class, he reacts very poorly and seems repulsed by her. And Bella responds by falling madly in love with him and yep. becoming obsessed. Uh, throughout the book, Bella soon gets to learn that Edward is in fact a vampire he's been 17 but for how long and uh, falling uh, head over heels in love with him as he does with her the more they get to know each other Edward confesses that Bella's blood is like heroin to him that he does thirst for human blood but hers conveniently more than anyone else's despite this Edward and his family maintain a vegetarian diet they don't eat humans they only eat large animals such as bears and mountain lions and Edward eventually begins a relationship with Bella and introduces him to her family during a baseball game (laughs) (laughs) the all-American pastime one would say someone might Uh, the Cullens are besieged by a coven a little trio, a little yeah. trio of vampires who do not keep this vegetarian lifestyle. One of them, James, becomes obsessed with hunting and killing Bella, so she has to flee Forks, Washington, where she is followed, where she goes to Arizona with Edward's sister Alice. And James, the evil vampire, follows her there. A fight ensues, but thankfully Edward comes to her rescue. Um, at the end of the book, Bella goes back to Forks and decides to commit to her life with Edward promising him that at some point whether he likes it or not she will become a vampire and join him in the immortal life I was about to say afterlife but that's incorrect that is the book it spawned numerous sequels Uh, a little bit about the history of the writing of this book which I think might account for why it is 500 pages (laughs) and borderline unreadable yeah borderline Stephanie Meyer was inspired to write this book when she had a dream about a girl. <laughs> and I was a like, vamp- like a Martin Luther King dream. Like, what are we talking about here? About a girl and a vampire who loved her but still wanted her blood. That dream would end up becoming chapter 13 of the novel, which was the meadow scene. I don't know if yeah, you're familiar no, where they the go to scene. the meadow. Yeah, it's like 200 pages long. Uh, she wrote that down as not even a short story. She's kind of you know, described her dream. She then continued on from the dream forward and wrote the rest of the book. She didn't write, you know, she started from chapter 13 onwards. She then went back 
and wrote, you know, chapters one to 12. She kept writing epilogues and moved them around. So Twilight is really just the mad ramblings of an incredibly horny 40-year-old woman. (laughs) (laughs) I can't describe it any better than that. Um, uh, Her sister convinced her to send it to some publishing houses. She sent out 15 copies. Seven were ignored. Nine were rejected outright. And one picked up the novel. That is mental. Yeah. I think before Twilight was published, she had already written New Moon and Eclipse, which are the follow-ups to Twilight. So this was really just a woman who vomited the story onto the page. I don't think any editing went in. Very little research into any of the, what it's actually like to live in Forks, Washington. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot that we can get into a little bit later, but there's a lot of backlash, very deserved to this book, from Native American people, especially Uh. in that region of the States. And (laughs) this white woman who was like, yeah, you'll do. I'll use you for whatever. Classical um, stuff. <laughs> it really is just reads, yeah, like the romance of a man woman when I read it back. Um, what that, did you think of the book? Right? I mean, so that you're... explains so much as yeah. to why this is... Did, sorry, the place, the, the, the publishing house, the publisher, yeah. were they just like, listen, we'll do it as long as we don't have to edit anything? Because was a, was <laughs> was a, was a, a, fuck, a fucking word edited out of this book? Because <laughs> I... This is what... It makes so much sense. It does read very cohesively. And also, it's like... Do you know what? I'm going to try and backtrack here a little bit, okay? I entered this episode. Yeah. (laughs) And the research for this episode. Trying to place myself, as I said, as 16-year-old Grace. Because this book and these these films aren't made for me. They're not made for me at the age I am now. Okay? So you try and enter it and go, who I am. I actually think 16-year-old Grace would have loved this. Mm-hmm. She would have loved it because, again, it's horniness all over. It's basically yeah. like, it's, you know, the whole thing of like, he wanting to be with her but can't be with her, wants to bite her, can't be a Oh, her. yeah. It's they're like romantic like, as hell. She's having like wet dreams left, right and centre. <laughs> like, this kid, she is. Like, she's like, <laughs> even know. in the film, she is. like yeah. So like, for a teenager, this is perfect. And I think actually you want more of it, which yeah. is just like, you know, but it it's very... What's interesting is the interesting parts of the book are like really short. Yeah. Which I always think like the histories of the vampires, of, yeah. of his siblings and and his like mom and dad. Now, these are all in quotes because basically it's like the man who turned him into a vampire is his dad. And yeah. His brothers and sisters are obviously not related, but there's a horde of vampires. Their histories are fascinating, mm. actually. Like, and they're really well kind of done out. And then, like, but they're like half a page. They're like a paragraph. And then it gets back to describing Edward's eyes for the thousandth <laughs> time. And no matter how much Edward is described in this book, I have no visual of him. That's what I was about to say. It's so interesting that no one is well described. She's obsessed with Edward, this writer. Yeah. Like, yeah. he is really. Yeah, describe every time he appears in a scene, she has to describe him from start to finish again. Yeah. But without any kind of actual reference markers, that's what he might look like. I, everything's given very. He had red, brown, blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> His lips were like marble. You know, it's all just very like okay. But what His does that mean? His skin is diamond to the point oh. where you actually can't see once the sun's reflected off him. Like something around like I okay. So I'm getting less and less of what this man. Yeah. he's basically Casper the friendly fucking ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm cursing a lot so far, and I'm sorry, but it's just that like I found. Yeah, the book is frustrating in that way. Yeah. But again, putting it out to my 16-year-old self, I do think I'd love it. Well, that's, know? yeah. So I read this when I was 15, 16 and I 
I think that I really, really loved it. I went through a Twilight phase. I yeah. had... This is like burnt oh, AA. You actually feel like you're in a confessional right now. I feel like I'm in a confessional and I'll tell you why. I don't like... I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling already. I never knew why it was so hard for me to... Like I said, a lot of my friends watch Twilight all the time. Yeah. They think it's really funny. It's a real moment from our past. Yeah. I find it really hard to do that. I find it really hard to look back on myself as a teen or like a, a younger person and laugh or have a bit of sympathy or understanding for maybe things that were a bit embarrassing. Oh, right. Yeah. But not even embarrassing. There's almost like a... So... You feel shame. You feel shame. shame. Yeah, right. And I think that... You're like, feeling the very Irish feeling. Shame. <laughs> That's what they're talking about. <laughs> oh my God. And it was just like, you know, it's so, I was so in it when I was in it. And I mm-hmm. so wanted to be in love with a vampire and taken mm-hmm. away. And I wanted to be bitten and be immortal and live in this fantastic, because it's it's such fantasy porn as well. Yeah. They're perfect house where he plays piano for her and mm-hmm. it's just forest and windows and fabulousness. And they all have perfect wardrobes. They're all wearing designer to school and all of those things. And pivotally, Bella is his only interest. Bella is his only interest, which is exactly what every teenager, teenager wants. wants. You they want, want to be obsessed. They like, want yeah. to be obsessed. Or I listened to um, a sentimental garbage episode about Twilight and they had a great they captured it really well when they said you want your love to feel important as a teenager it can't just be some everyday throwaway eating pizza on the couch it has to be monumental and important and so revisiting Twilight and especially reading it like it's one thing to throw the movie on and have a bit of a laugh at it but reading it I was really thrown back into being 15, 16 and the longing that feeling of longing of wanting to be loved and wanting to love in a way that was so monumental and important and having always struggled to hide that or run away from it or something, you know? And I was just so, so I was just like, this is a lot's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's also something, what's, what you're saying as well, like there's something so genuine about it. When you're a teenager, you feel things so strongly. And actually what's sad about when you become an adult is you start to taper that down. Yes. And you start to become a bit, what's the word, um, cynical, but a bit like world weary, right? And the thing is, is that when you're a teenager, you're not. And yeah. so, like, it is very easy for us to look back and be like, oh, my God, they're so sensitive to each other. But actually, why we love weddings now as adults. Yeah. It's the only day people are allowed. Gush. Be genuine. Be the way they were as teenagers. Go, you're the love of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And stand up like, that's why we all love weddings. Because for 10 minutes of a ceremony, <laughs> and it should be 10 minutes. <laughs> Anyone anyone getting a wedding out there, if I go to a 40 minute ceremony, I'm pissed. But they were like, it should be like, it's the one time we all get to just love, love, love with such, without any sort of like um, feeling, I don't know, embarrassment or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. And that's what is so. You're so right. You're so right. And I have to say, so for this episode, I read the book in one sitting. My flight was delayed. <laughs> I read it. I started in the airport and my flight was delayed and the flight was about three hours. So it was like a proper eight hours just around Twilight. Oh, I pulled up to my apartment in a taxi and I had like a few pages left and I was like, I'm not going in until I finish this. This is not coming any further. I'm not bringing and this energy into my home. It was quite like, so first of all, Twilight should not be read in this way. It is too bad of a book. It is terrible. It broke my brain chemistry. But at the same time, that set that longing returned in a big way. Like there were moments in this book and they're few and far between, especially like you said, as an adult woman reading it, like it's much easier yeah. to spot all the red flags uh, that I just 
were so thrown back into that feeling of like, God, yeah, this is so yeah. romantic and hot. And I just want to be swept up and loved by him. I So I read books on my phone. It's very controversial. I read a lot Ooh. of books on my phone. I have the Apple um, book app. And usually when we're reading books for, for, yeah. for the pod, I go in and I highlight a lot of things to return, to return back to. For Twilight, I had to use a colour-coded system because uh, I had so <laughs> much stuff. God, you really are teenage Neve right now. <laughs> she has her pack of highlighters out. She's like, I'm going to study. <laughs> so, purple was like clunky writing. Yeah, Christ. Red was fucking Edward Red Flags. Yeah. And, gr- and green was moments of like, oh, like romance and longing. Yeah. There's three green highlights and 21 red flags. Stop, yeah. So it was an interesting experience diving back into Twilight because, like I said, I brought all of this like weird shame and embarrassment. Shame, like embarrassment to be a teenage girl. And I think it's the embarrassment of being obvious about wanting something. Yeah. You know, I, as well, when I, was, when I was a teenager, I don't know about you, my worst nightmare was someone finding out that I would have a crush on them. Oh my god, completely! My worst yeah. nightmare. Yeah. I would rather be swallowed whole than anyone yeah. to know that I would want them, or that anyone else would know that I would want someone. It would just yeah. be so embarrassing because who was I who to want anything? Yeah. You know, and it's just like so coming back to it with all the shame and then discovering the fun actually of reading it because there was fun. Oh, it's yeah. so silly and it's so it, nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's so bananas. It yeah. really is bananas. And by the way, the plot happens uh, the last three pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like the book is all over the gaff. But like, yeah, there is fun in it. Um, it the, do you know what's so sad to hear? Like the embarrassment of being a teenage girl and yeah. the crush thing is so real. I'll tell you something right since you've opened up here. I'll open <laughs> up here. I remember distinctly when I was about 16 <laughs> with a friend of mine who if she's listening knows who she is <laughs> three weekends in a row we went to see Phantom of the Opera in the cinema because <laughs> we were horny for the Phantom oh my God. <laughs> we didn't want to admit it it's not that great of a musical like it's a good musical but <laughs> three three Saturdays in a row yeah that's what I was doing 16 <laughs> There you go. Oh my right. God. Thank you so much. But that's just, and like, Thank no one, so I, I feel like me and the friend who's listening probably right now is actually like throwing her phone against the wall. But like, we've never <laughs> even spoken about it since. Like, that, that's a ridiculous yeah. amount of like money we put into like the sa- ticket sales of Phantom of the Opera. But anyway, <laughs> Jared Butler, who knew? Um, I want to point out as well one other thing about the book, and, and they do like the film, of course, it's the whole like, Hollywood thing of like you know mm. obviously like Bella's the beautiful Christian Stewart and everything like that but one thing that I I will say about the book on top of everything else about how genuine her love is and how much like you know I think what teenage girls respond to is Edward loves her straight away yeah and also Bella doesn't have to do anything no so Bella mm. doesn't have to earn his love in any way she doesn't have to be particularly like she's socially awkward she has like and their their dialogue I mean I, one thing I will say about teenage romance is like I don't know if teenagers know you can have fun when you're with someone <laughs> like, no you don't uh, romance it's, is very depressing very it should be it should very be like serious staring at each other's eyes when actually like as adults we know that like 
robots basically like being having fun with someone yeah. you know what I mean like you should be able to laugh and stuff and that they never laughed again no. these two people are never going to laugh for the rest of their lives <laughs> so but what I like is that Bella doesn't have to do anything she doesn't have to be particularly smart yeah she's kind of noted that like you know guys fancy her and stuff but like you know she's she doesn't have to be particular she doesn't even think she's like particularly good looking mm-hmm. she and he just loves her straight away. And I think that's what girls respond to. Yeah. Nothing has to be earned. They don't have to be particularly the thinnest. The They can just be. And this guy is instantly in love with her. Yeah. And, and actually besotted. Besotted. And yeah. I think that's, there's something about that that I'm like, oh, like there's something kind of sad in a way. Yeah. That like, that's what kind of girls respond to. Maybe that they don't have to just do everything that like you're meant to do. The skincare routine, the lashes, everything should look a certain way, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I pointed yeah, that out. Yeah, I think that you're so right. And before we move on to the film, I just want to, I do have to then call out on the other side of reading it as a 30-year-old woman. You can't help but see how incredibly toxic and abusive this guy <laughs> Like everything, and I know that like it, it has become kind of a joke over time, and I don't think that Twilight now, thankfully, is anything that anyone takes very seriously. No, but you can see how <laughs> when you're a teenage girl reading this, if this is a dream scenario of how someone should treat you, it's really not great. Oh, yeah. And he is like he because she is so addictive to him. She has that heroin blood type that he loves so much. Everything bad that happens is her fault. It's yeah. because a lot of the language is like you made me do this because I want you so much, which is the language of an abuser. Yeah. You know, I got mad and I yeah. hit you because you did this. Yeah. And it's not because she did anything. It's just because of the way that he is. And it's that real, like, you're dangerous for me, Bella. Like, yeah. all of the onus is on her to stop him from literally killing her. <laughs> well, that killing is her. Point. And also then even, like, he sh- he stalks her. He shows up at her house all the time. Yeah. Like, he wants to make it sure he's safe so he follows her everywhere yeah. even if she doesn't know. Yeah, these are just things that you're like, huh, a woman wrote this? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Steph? <laughs> Can I call you Steph? Um, yeah, that, it was just mental. One other thing I want to know is not only the toxic thing but how much actually Twilight doesn't like teenage girls. No. I, so Bella is the exception. The pick me girl, she's the exception. Yeah. All the other teenage girls in this book are annoying. Like, as in, like, I'm, I'm not saying, but it's like, I think Jess kind of can't remember the name of the other friend. Angela. Angela. Knee's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I know. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but they're, in the film, particularly the book, they're seen as really, in the book, they're like bitchy, they're annoying, they just want to gossip. Like Bella instantly doesn't like them and Bella's totally just like I'm not like that yeah. I go home and I make dinner for my dad who for some reason can't make dinner for himself <laughs> I take care of my mom who for some reason can't take care of me like all of this thing is like she's the exception when I'm like that's also a form of like your parents aren't parenting you all the other teenage girls are annoying they're yeah. bitchy they're, they're ridiculous for they're being ridiculous. in love but she Bella's um, yeah. mature she takes care of her parents even though she bloody shouldn't be taking care of her parents yeah. her parents should be taking care of her which then actually if you think about it because she has to take care of her parents Edward coming in he's the one who's going to take care of her yeah. and she's prime and he also is just a bit glib about them as well and so from the moment then they get together she's isolated from all yeah. of her friends she has no friends really yeah like yeah Um. so that's the book <laughs> <laughs> 500 pages not that like it matters pages um, did you know that there is actually she released another version of Twilight called Midnight Sun and it's Twilight again but told from Edward's perspective 
Please don't make me read that. <laughs> are you sure? Oh, are you sure you don't want to read it? <laughs> we do a live reading now. Yeah. How many pages are there? Did you know? <laughs> um, I will say that the reason this is our spooky Halloween episode is because you're too much of a wimp to do anything <laughs> scarier. We'll do The Shining next time, okay? I, I'm, I'm saying it on the. I will do The Shining because it can't hurt as much as this did. <laughs> Okay, so Grace, tell us about the phenomenon that is the Twilight film. Listen, I actually had a great time in looking up kind of facts about Twilight, the film. Um, And I kind of knew I would. I will say, like, as much as I I didn't, I I I did see it, I'm pretty sure, in the cinema, Mm -hmm. I think. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. And actually on the rewatch, now I found it very long. It's very very long. long. But there were parts I enjoyed. (laughs) Okay, but let's go into the, before we go. So, uh, Twilight is a 2008 American romantic fantasy film <laughs> directed by Catherine Hardwick um, and the screenplay by Melissa Rosenberg, right? Melissa Rosenberg worked on the OC's writing staff. So straight away, I'm like, teenage girls, oh, here we go. And that iconic, my. the OC was an iconic TV Grace, show. Can I just stop you there? Yeah. Because if there's one thing that I had a bigger thing about than Twilight, it was fucking the OC. <laughs> yeah. To this day, it is a running joke that friends and family have about me. Really? Obsession with the OC, yes. Another thing I never watched. I watch the OC all the time. I am constantly in a state of watching the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it right now. I'm not I'm recording this. Obs- yeah. I and I was much younger when I started watching. It. I'm sorry for the. I, I'm sorry for this offshoot. I was much younger when I watched the OC, and at the end of the first season, when Ryan has to go back to Chino. <laughs> I was so inconsolable. My mom came over to my room and I was sobbing on my bed and she actually thought that someone had died. So that, is it Melissa Rosenberg? <laughs> Melissa Rosenberg. What crack is she sprinkling in? <laughs> Can I just say, you think Bella's a bit much emotionalized? Like, but that's a, it taps into the teenage girl thing though. Listen, I was Listen. the same about Buffy. Okay. Uh, she worked on the OC, um, left the show in 2006 to write the film Step Up. Grace! <laughs> I mean, You're killing me. Then she worked from 2006 to 2007 um, as the head writer of Dexter. This woman has moves. She has moves. That's a CV. Like, that is a... That's a CV. After Twilight 2007... Um, she adopt, adapted the uh, novel's three sequels after that. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And then went on to be the creator of the Netflix series, Jessica Jones. I love Jessica Jones. I love the first yeah. season. Yeah. Sorry. Well, listen, she worked on it. Now, um, Melissa, I think, would be like, really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Catherine Hardwick, the director, um, worked on films, and this is 13. Did you know this? Yeah, I did. I 13, did. the film 13, which she co-wrote with Nikki Reed, the film's co-star, Lords of Dogtown she also worked on. A great film. Lords the Nativity Dogtown. Story, never saw that. No, I don't know. But that. I've heard good things. Um, and most recently, Prisoner's Daughter, which has Brian Cox in it. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't know much yeah. about the film. Um, um, 13 and Lords of Dogtown are okay. really great. Yeah. And right. like, I can actually kind of see the DNA of them in Twilight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit. Yeah, no, but the shooting of Twilight and the way it's shot, I have to say... We'll go into it now, but I, I just want to say, right, so the the um, the Twilight premiered in Los Angeles in November 17th, 2008, and um, was released, like, in the States November 21st by Summit Entertainment. Now, before Summit Entertainment, the production <laughs> company, released it, it actually was with another production company, Twilight. Did you know this, Neve? No. This I found so interesting, right? <laughs> so the project was in development with Paramount Pictures, MTV Films, 
um, for approximately three years. Okay, but it was a very different script. This um, script writer, Mark Lord, um, wrote a script that was much more or action orientated. Okay, according to Lord, he originally pitched his adaptation as a vampiric take on Romeo and Juliet. But MTV Films wanted to, and this is a quote, wanted to just put some more action to advance it more and give something more for the male audience. They thought they were going to lose the male audience to too much romance, end quote. So MTV Films (laughs) were very pleased when he delivered a script where the character Bella Swan became a long distance runner cursing using shotguns against vampires who killed her father being turned into a vampire and riding jet skis being chased by the FBI (laughs) Stephanie Meyer (laughs) (laughs) I mean I kind of want to see that version (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Stephanie Meyer when talking about MTV's original script said they could have filmed it and not called it Twilight because it had nothing, nothing. to do with the book and that's kind of frightening. <laughs> then Summit, uh, Summit um, Entertainment came in and acquired the rights and they got Melissa, your fave, uh, Rosenberg working <laughs> on it straight away and Catherine Hardberg came on board. So one thing I'll say is like immediately it was Melissa, Rosenberg, Catherine Hard, Hard work, um came on Two women came on and they were like, we are staying very true to these books. Yeah. So Rosenberg explained, she said, our intent all along was to stay true to the book and it had less to do with adapting it word for word and more about making sure the characters' arcs and emotional journeys are the same. Um, Catherine Hardwick, the director, wanted the voiceover because she was like for Bella's internal dialogue. So if you've yeah. read the book, it's pretty much in constant Bella's internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. So the voiceover, I think, was a great use yeah it, like it made great use of it um made it, it got mixed reviews from critics <laughs> to say what? the least but it grossed 407 million worldwide right and then the soundtrack was released and we'll go into the soundtrack another time <laughs> um i think straight away for this adaptation before we even ask ourselves at the end is it a good adaptation i think it's a great adaptation yeah and the reason is it takes the book seriously it takes its source material seriously what I like about this film is that you had a screenwriter and a director who were like we're going to stay true to the book and we're not going to make fun of it yeah we're going to make a book for make a film for teenage girls much like the book I tried to go in as 16 year old Grace with the film the same way yeah I know if I'd watched it at that age I would have been obsessed yeah I I think the acting for what it is is great I think what they're doing like they're, no, yeah. it's a hard thing to act like yeah. this is a thankless job actually I think for the actors like Bella and Edward played by Kristen Stewart and Robert Patterson do a great job of committing yeah. to what I can only imagine on the day was <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a shot in the trailer before you go out because it's hard do you know how hard it is to convey longing for someone's blood while also not touching them <laughs> in a science class <laughs> Oh, like, stop. We have to talk about that biology scene. They're almost riding the table. Like, they can't help themselves. And um, one thing that I like as well is, I think when we talk a lot about adaptations that stay very true to the book or take it very seriously, mm-hmm. I do also appreciate, though, when you can do that and recognise the faults of the book. And yes. I think that they were able to do that because we know that the book is rambly. It's long. The scenes in there that you don't need. So you can do both at the same time. And I feel like sometimes when adaptations try to stay very true to the book, they take everything. 
They yeah. take like the kitchen sink that you don't need. Again, maybe like, Shutter Island being note for note that yes. kind of adaptation where it was like every single scene almost I was like this is the book but yeah. with Twilight they did a great and one thing they did the emotional arcs they followed but also with the trio of crazy vampires who come in the last I don't know third last page of the book they're introduced fairly early on yeah. there is a, and much more urgency they're killing people in the town and so straight away there's another narrative and they bring in the, the dad character who's Charlie who's the chief of police yeah he's investigating this murder. So straight away, you also have not only Bella in a new place and falling in love with Edward or whatever. It's, there's more tension. There's more tension yeah. constantly building. That's just a good writing. Like yeah. That's just a good choice to make. They also had Stephanie Meyer, the author, involved from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So she said she was very involved in the um, production process. Um, they brought me in. They wanted my pass on scripts. They asked what my thoughts were. Um and one thing I think that they were very smart about is because they knew that Twilight fans were avid fans. And they listen, Absolutely. you don't get much more committed a fan than a teenage girl. No. Okay? They made the Beatles. <laughs> they made they made the Beatles than they made Twilight. <laughs> they are committed. Completely. So, and there's fucking money in teenage girls. There's money in teenage girls. Don Draper knew it and we know it too. <laughs> Don Draper and Taylor Swift knew it. <laughs> okay? Now look at Taylor Swift. She's taken over the world. Um, <laughs> So Meyer even said, like, say in the uh, adaptation process, they were open to her ideas. But that say even like there was one line she really fought for, okay, and it's the line that's well known in the book where it's about the lion and the lamb, where it's like the lamb Ooh. fell in love with the lion, <laughs> wank wank wank. Anyway, um, <laughs> Meyer said that she insisted that line was in verbatim, and she actually said Rosenberg had in her script had changed the line and it made it even better. However, she Meyer said, I know she made it better, but actually. I know the fans want to hear it verbatim. The she's way right. And yeah. she's right. And like yeah. these are things that I'm like, hell, in another film, like a fight over a baseball cap could have shut down production for four days. But in this one, <laughs> I was like, actually, okay, that is what the fans are going to want. That's a very famous line. They're going to yeah. want to hear the line. Um, Lovely little dig at that like there. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the consensus amongst critics was that the film exceeded, uh, succeeded in being faithful to the material but not being kind of like, like too like stuck to it like mm-hmm. uh, being able to make those um, changes um, yeah I mean listen that's kind of like the backstory to the um, you know adaptation itself no I love that I love that you think that it's a great adaptation because I think that it is Yeah, and it's not a source material that a lot of people would take seriously yeah and um, well look at the MTV films one yeah I mean, that's one where it's like again at the fact that they were like we need male audiences not knowing yes. the gift they had yes you know exactly and it's just like it's a demographic that despite like you said and you're totally right teenage girls made the Beatles like it's not yeah. an old it's not a new idea that teenage girls are butts in seats yeah they're like ticket sales they're merch sales oh, yeah they're gonna see this multiple times they're gonna see it in big groups they're gonna buy the DVD they're gonna buy the special edition yeah. not to bring everything back to money because that's not what's the most important but why isn't that audience catered to more and why don't we take it seriously and I love that and Catherine Hardwick is a serious director yeah like she's done some amazing stuff and Melissa Rosenberg I mean we Melissa <laughs> I mean goes without saying you don't have to say her name twice we all know who Melissa is also I mean, the casting of this, they got incredible actors. Yeah. So Kristen Stewart, who was 17, um, Hardwick cast her from seeing her in Into the Wild, another adaptation we might have to do at one point, but she was in Into the Wild, yeah, in a, very briefly, that, yeah. but um, really liked her from that. 
Uh, Robert Patterson came on board and I think she kind of had to fight for him as well. He said at the time he was fairly out of shape. I think he was just an out-of-work actor and drinking a lot of beer. So he was like, <laughs> she really took a chance on me. Um, but apparently there was a whole thing of them um, kissing on a bed during an audition. So she wanted to see what their chemistry would be like. And uh, I just had to read you this quote. Because oh, no. I think, now looking back, not the best no. quote from Hardwick. But... Um, he, she was sold on Patterson after um, an audition on her bed where Patterson uh, kissed Stuart for the for a screen test and fell out of the bed. And Hardwick said, Kristen was like, it's got to be Rob. She felt connected to him from the very first moment, that electricity. Um, and then she said she gave him the part as long as he got in shape, don't love that, mm-hmm. and, and made a promise. And she said to him, now this is quoting her, you got to realise that Kristen is 17 years old. She said, she's underage. You've got to focus, dude, or you're going to be arrested. I made him swear on a stack of Bibles. Pattinson was 22. Why are you, Hardwick, having them kiss on your bed? Well, it was a screen test. I think they like record it. Do you know what I mean? I know, like, but still, yeah. is there not a better place if you're having a screen? Like, why are you in the director's house? Why are you... I don't know it's odd for her to like put them in the situation and then tell him by the way watch yourself buddy yeah. like it just seems a bit odd I know I, I'm hoping I mean maybe this is a joking thing I don't know the yeah. tone but like it's a quote like <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean like, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you um, I do think that some of these things are always like one thing I'll say about this film okay and uh, to give Hardwick maybe a bit of like um, kudos mm-hmm. this film laid a lot of money she wasn't given a lot of money and mm. she wasn't treated from this is a quote from her like a person who was the director of a yeah. blockbuster she didn't work on any of the others yeah as soon as it made yeah. and I think that is something that's kind of very well known about that franchise that as soon as studios realised how much mm. money it was going to make all male directors from that point on absolutely yeah so it, as I said Twilight reached like 400 million worldwide with a budget of 37 million so I will say that some of those things where it's like why are you having a screen test in your head I'm not saying listen the bad thing it do, that doesn't read well yeah. I will say I'm like yeah that it wasn't the best maybe don't say that <laughs> <laughs> it was 2008 a different time Grace um, will defend women at any cost <laughs> but I mean like it no it, it, it isn't good like it, I read that out and I was like will I include it and I was like okay well I'll include it because that's a weird quote I'm sorry and yeah, if it no, was a male me. director I'd be like what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah, um, but that the fact that it was like a thirty-seven million budget, like they really didn't think this was going to fly. No, like, yeah. and, so, and I will say, then all the actors are taking a risk. This is hard stuff to sell, mm. um, and that's what I want to give kudos to. And not only that, not only did was it a hard sell, but they also knew that they would be like, it's a hard sell to studios. But they also knew that then they'd be at the. Um, they just like the fans were going to be very hard on them. As yeah, well. okay, they'd be at the mercy of the mercy fans. of the fans. That's it. Stephanie Meyer expressed an interest in having Emily Browning. Uh, do you know Emily Browning? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he- Henry Cavell Cav- yeah. uh, cast as Bella and Edward. Um, she wanted them. I think Henry Cavell was too old, to be honest with you. Um, the choice of Ashley Green, listen to this, to portray Alice Cullen was the subject of fan criticism due to Green being seven inches taller than her character was described in the novel. Oh, yeah. So that's what I mean. You're kind. This film, like the fact <laughs> this that is the I level. think it's this is the level of like criticism they were going to come up with yeah. fans. So I am like, do you know what? Fair play to kind of everyone involved because I just don't think there was a winning anywhere, and for Chris Stewart and Robert Pattinson to do it, like let's talk about some of the scenes, some of those scenes. Oh my god! And the science lab. 
the signs up. So one thing that I really felt like watching it again, because I hadn't watched it in a few years, I was like, everyone around them is actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The dad is great. And a ride. And a, <laughs> An age-appropriate ride. Appropriate ride. An age-appropriate ride. <laughs> um, he's really good. He's yeah. really funny in it. Yeah. I love the moment where he like cocks the gun when Edward's coming in. Um, I think Anna Kendrick is great. She's as that, brilliant as, as Jessica. As Jessica, yeah. as like, the bratty friend. Whatever, And I don't think it's their fault. Whatever direction or whatever way they were told to play these roles, Edward and Bella, Robert and Kristen, look so tortured for yes. every single second. And I do think that is a weird change from the book. In the book, I do get the sense that before she met Bella and or before she met Edward and during that Bella's quite a happy person. Yeah. In the movie, Bella is just unbelievably tortured from start to finish and it is so difficult to watch. I think that is what makes Twilight kind of like a fun rewatch in a way because some of it is so cringe and they are so cringe in it. Yeah. And the overacting from the two of them amidst other performances that are quite just like kind of normal and fun like they're rom com they're not yeah. groundbreaking but they're easy to watch yeah. the two of them are just like oh I know that honestly this is God, a they look like a, they like... have IBS constantly <laughs> okay do you know the way Edward's like I can't I want to eat you your blood is heroin to me I honestly just think that's any food with a person who has IBS like they both just sit there constantly looking like they are about to run to the loo because they're about to shit themselves that's what I mean but that's and they, again that's how it's kind of described in the book like the, yeah. the pain they're in from just being near each other yet being apart how do you play that yeah and I think they do play it. I know. That scene, yeah, so the biology lab scene. <laughs> the first time he sees her. Yeah. It's it's like she farted so badly <laughs> that he had a physical reaction <laughs> to the fart. <laughs> he almost threw up in his mouth. He's so, like, he literally has to. But yeah. He has to. Because yeah. it's like, that's again how it's described. He's meant, described. To be, he's meant to think she's horrendous. Yeah. Like, that's, there is also a scene, I don't know if it's in the first biolab scene. Also, can I say, I don't know if Stephanie Meyer went to high school. Every day is the exact same. They go to history and biology and gym. Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. History, biology, gym. Constantly talking about that guy. And that pisses Bella off, who looks like she has IBS beside Edward. <laughs> So there's another biology class scene, there's numerous, where he is just staring at her, the angriest stare you've ever yeah. seen. And she's just sitting there. Every scene with the two of them is so unbelievably awkward. <laughs> and it just really highlights, like, how did this relationship develop? What do you talk about? That's what I mean. <laughs> they never laugh together. No. Edward has never seen Friends. I'll tell oh, you that. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. And he just like lives in this place with no TV, just a piano. His room is the room <laughs> of a prick. <laughs> it's wall to wall books, no bed. It's like every like student dorm room <laughs> and like Ulysses everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know, it's painful. Yeah. But, but again, that's the kind of tragic love yeah. that's been drawn out for us. Another thing I wanted to point out for this film, right? The music. I credit where credit is due. Sorry, the Twilight soundtrack. The Twilight soundtrack has no right being this good. (laughs) It's a bop. It's a banger after banger. I will say it. No skips. (laughs) No skips. Obviously, the it was composed by Carter Burrell. The soundtrack, but like the actual, the music itself. Muse. Yeah. 
uh, Supermassive Black Hole, Linkin Park, which, by the way, were bands that Stephanie Meyer listened to as she wrote the books. Oh, no, oh, Stephanie. It debuted, it's such a banger, it debuted at number one on the <laughs> Billboard 200. <laughs> it was like, it, honestly. Teen it, girls. In its first week, it was 29% of all digital downloads. I mean, teenage <laughs> girls could rule the world. Um, it won Grammys. Like, yeah. it, the, Paramore was also on it. It's an absolute bop. And the use of the music I have to say is brilliant. Yeah. That baseball scene. So the baseball scene and that's where they use the Muse song which I'm sure infuriated <laughs> every middle-aged Muse fan. <laughs> like, the middle-aged Muse fans don't know. They, oh, I'm they've sorry. never seen it. No, you know, you know they do know because they're there with their teenage daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to sit there and go, wait a minute, that's Muse. <laughs> Um, Tom yeah. that is a great scene the baseball scene I love the baseball scene yeah. a lot of awkward like clunky dialogue in the baseball scene I love especially when Rosie goes my monkey man <laughs> what was the thing where Bella goes on his like my hold on tight little spider monkey oh, Christ on a bike that's, I know that's a hard line to sell <laughs> Give him, give him millions. Give Robert Pattinson he did millions. His best. He did his oh, best. Oh God! Um, he did his best with it. But the soundtrack absolutely um, whopper. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, abstinence because let's talk. <laughs> now about, that we've got you in, got listeners, you in, this is how I'm going to sell abstinence to you. <laughs> I'm Grace. <laughs> Have you heard of our Lord Jesus Christ? No. <laughs> No, the reason is because I just think it's such an obvious... I think from yeah. watching the film in particular, I was like, oh, it's very obviously an allegory for remaining abstinent. Yeah. The whole thing is that Edward can't just handle himself around Bella. She's too intoxicating. She's too much of a temptation. Yeah. There's these whole bits where he's in her room and she's lying in bed asleep, dreaming of him. And like, I'm sorry, but like Chris Stewart is writhing is the only yeah. word I can describe in bed. Writhing. <laughs> And again, like fair play to her, she's committed. And but the whole thing again is like there's one scene where they're kissing, and then he like backs away to the wall really quickly. Yeah. He's like, "Oh my god, I nearly lost control around you." It is so obviously yeah. a thing, like an allegory for sex. There's a great article we'll link it in the show notes from the Atlantic as well, where. Times Les Grossman was quoted in 2008 saying Twilight is pretty much all about sex except you know the sex <laughs> and I think it's so book that what makes like Meyer's book so distinctive is that they're all about the erotics of abstinence so yeah. it's all about the tension from prolonged superhuman acts of self-restraint you know um, there's a scene midway through Twilight in which for the first time Edward leans in close and sniffs the aroma of Bella's oh, exposed neck and he says <laughs> Just because I'm resisting the wine doesn't mean I can't appreciate the bouquet. You have a very floral smell like lavender or freesia. He barely touches her, but there's more sex in that one paragraph than in all the snogging in <laughs> Harry Potter. And it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It's kind of like this weird, like it's um, it's almost like it's squeaky clean. Yeah, oh, totally. But it's the most erotic thing. Yeah. You know. And it is, like we were talking earlier about the book, it's putting all of the onus back on the girl yeah and it is you're the temptation you look what you're doing to me all this sort of yeah, stuff like, like how it's it's just he's in pain he's constantly yeah. in pain <laughs> blue it's balls called. is what he has <laughs> <laughs> it's very much on the road to what were you wearing it's yeah. not too far away from that you know it's yeah. like you, you Bella are making me Edward lose control I'm testing my control around you because of the way that you because what you because you kissed me yeah you know like it's it is 
that's the bit of Twilight that's still pretty hard to swallow and still hard to... Yeah. There's nothing fun about it in that way yeah. for me. Um, except that, obviously, again, the acting is so over the top. I think when she's writhing in bed, she then, the voiceover is like, that was the first night I dreamt of Edward Cullen. <laughs> That was amazing. That's yeah, it was the reading. That That's is the reading. reading. You know, so um, yeah, it's something that just is carried on, and it is. It's a theme in the book. It's a theme for the rest of the movies. Yeah, and because I couldn't believe, particularly in the film, it's much more noticeable in the film. I think that they never kiss. They kiss like twice. Yeah. Like it's very. It's almost Pride and Prejudice like, where you're yeah. like, oh yeah, there's been no almost physical touching here. Um, but it's very unlike Pride and Prejudice it's much more overt that yeah. they want to like it's actually almost discussed without being discussed yeah anyway and they joke a lot about eating her <laughs> too much yeah. for my comfort if I'm honest if I was around a bunch of cannibals and they just kept joking about it I'd be like <laughs> I feel like there's a, a hint of truth here when she goes to visit them for, din- for dinner and that's like, very funny I guess I, I would be the meal <laughs> Oh my god, she's so like, I think that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson are good actors, but like I can't with this. But but I think no, I think I think it's intentional. It's intentional. Yeah. But also, I'm like, how how do you act this? Like I don't know. I just don't. By know. being a good actor, Grace. No, but like, how do? You, but, that's, but I think they are being good actors for what they're doing. I know. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add on to this? I think that. I know that we were talking as well about kind of Catherine Hardwick and her style of movies. One thing that's so, it's all kind of a joke about Twilight, the colouring. <laughs> you know, yes. It's got this like blue greeny filter yeah. on. It's almost like forks is wet. It's wet there. <laughs> it's wet and it's cold. And it just looks so, it's just hard to take. And there's yeah. moments when I think that when she's with normal people, essentially yeah. when she's with Jessica, yeah, it looks like a normal movie and it's, yeah, you know, fun but then anytime the Cullens are around or he's around it's just this sheen of dreariness and I think it does speak to how fucking dreary the relationship becomes ultimately like it's just all about the what if I kill you what if you tempt me what if you do this I'm like have a laugh together do something like just imagine sitting around having to listen to him play piano (laughs) (laughs) you like Claire de Lune like shut up it was in Ocean's Eleven You like muse? Oh, I was in your baseball scene, pal. Yeah, it's there's there is it's so joyless. Yeah. I will say that, and and it's kind of intentional, but it's yeah. totally joyless. And I think that's sort of sad for me, yeah. that for teenage girls to see and teenage boys, you know. Um, sure, sure, yeah, they saw it. The one, uh, that's all. But that 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 romance should be seen as that joyless. Yeah, and. It, and it sells. Listen, it does sell, yeah. and it and it taps into teenage angst. Yeah, and I think this exact it deserves to be there as much as anything else. Like, do you know what I mean? Again, I'm like, this isn't for me, but yeah. I I'm so happy there's a great adaptation out there that was made faithfully to a book that millions and millions of people enjoyed. Yeah. So, I do love as well the and it's become I think kind of a meme at this point. You know, hearing how. The people who made Twilight, particularly Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> and what he hated. <laughs> Making Twilight and he hated Edward so much. And do you know that he shaved his teeth to play Edward into points he made? Stop. Yeah. And he's, he's spoken a lot in interviews about how much he regrets yeah. having done that because now his teeth are pointy. <laughs> but he can eat a steak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
my God, can he rip a steak? And you just saying earlier that, you know, they wanted him to get into better shape. I read an interview with him as well when he was in Batman yes. quite recently. And the director of Batman, that, or whoever's making Batman, this isn't a podcast by Batman, so I don't know the answers to that. <laughs> but they said, look, you need to kind of bulk up a little bit. We're going to give you six months, like go away, get a train yeah. and do that. And he just didn't. I, yeah, I love <laughs> that. I love that. No, I, I, I read he was that. Like, he was yeah. burned after Twilight. Yeah. He was like, no, I'm yeah. going to be a skinny emo Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you deserve to be. Good yeah, for you. And why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, but there's so much background to this movie or so much happening with the making of it that also became such a phenomenon amongst that generation. Like, like Kristen and Rob. Yeah. As a couple, as a pair. Yeah. And what ensued, you know, for them yeah. and their private lives because of the following that this film has. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting because we are talking about, you know, kind of the positive side of teenage girls being catered to and we want to see more of that. But there's also this, it was also happening, I guess, around the time of social media well, burgeoning. Well, 2007, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. all of those things. And that feeling of, ownership that fans had over yeah. celebrities and those kind of parasocial relationships really flowering. Well, just, look at all the Disney stars. I will yeah. say this, like you, they are of that generation of the Selenas, you know, mm. the Demi Lovatos. These are the Jonas Brothers. Twilight kind of is around that. Like it yeah. wasn't part of the Disney family, but like it was of that time where like, again, obsessive. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And felt ownership of them. Yeah, there was, I think, a very, like, look, I think Kristen Stewart being 17, like, I'm like, God, that is too, like, you just don't, and, and they didn't know it was going to be such a hit. No. But, like, there was some knowledge. You knew that, it was going to be yeah, big, because yeah. if it's going to be adapted from a book that's already big, you're not starting yeah. from ground yeah. zero, you're starting from. But the fact that I think it was worldwide as well, because as you said, we weren't really aware of the books mm. over here, and then suddenly it was, like, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Grace, you've already said, but good adaption, bad adaption, oh, adaptation. I think, I think a great adaptation. I yeah. think they knocked it out of the park for what it, for for the book that it is. Like I think the, all the actors they did. I think the dad's amazing in it. As you said, all their surrounding actors the are brilliant. The music is <laughs> music Banging. is next level <laughs> amazing. Um, and yeah, the pacing, the story, like it works for the. Like for managing to get that out of 500 pages, I think is amazing. I think they did a really good job. And they picked actors that are great actors still. And even yeah. Jacob, we haven't even talked about Jacob. He wasn't that big of an, the character yeah. in this book. But like even the actor who played him, like everything was, do you know? Oh, yeah, I thought that yeah. he was really good. I thought he yeah. was really, had that real normalcy to him yeah. in the movie. And I thought that he was a little cutie He pie. was like a little bit of joy that they're not going to go for. <laughs> um, now, do you want to hear the tagline? Yes. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, the tagline for Twilight is when you can live forever what do you live for? Right? Okay. All Not right. Bad. When That's you can key. live forever what do you live for? Yeah. Very good. Now I just want to remind everyone that Edward is technically a 90 year old man around. <laughs> so so my tagline I've got one or two is when you can live forever why would you decide to date a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then my other tagline is this guy's a 90 year old animal eating vampire and you're a teenager. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Jump. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to the show. And tell all your friends about us. It really helps us to continue to make the show even better. If you want to contact us with recommendations on what to cover next, Message us on Instagram or TikTok at The Jump Podcast or email us at thejumppodcastx at gmail.com. That's The Jump, 
podcastx at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>